0: And God told Moses that all of his goodness was going to pass before. And when we look at all of God's goodness and everything that he has done, that is his glory. His glory is in his goodness, y'all. So don't feel down and feel like everything is lost because in Jesus you're found. Everything you need is in him. It's not about what you did or how you did it or when you done it. Jesus made the way for us. He made the way for us to get to the father. So he forgave you of your past, your present, your future sins. So it don't matter what man say. We have to look at what Jesus already said. He said, it is finished. And if it's finished, no matter how much people talk about you, put you down, ridicule you, you can remind yourself it is finished. The price has already been paid. And he's a forgiving God. So if he has forgiven us, why are not we forgiving each other? Amen. Because he's a forgiving and loving God. So come on, give him some more praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Father God, we just honor you in this place. We glorify you. We lift you up, God, because truly you are God. You're the self-existing one. God, you're Jehovah, God, you're Jehovah, El Shaddai, you the almighty God, God, you're Jehovah Shammah, God, you're there, you're here right now, God, you're Jehovah Salum. God, you're our peace in this place. You're Jehovah Nisi, you are our banner today, God. You're Jehovah Rapha, you are our healer on today, God. Oh, God, you are Elohim, you are the creator, God. So we honor your presence in this place, God. There is no other God like you. And God, now that your presence is here, I thank you that everything that we need is in the midst of this room, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome in this place. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles to 1 Peter, the first chapter. And we're going to begin at verse 23. First Peter, the first chapter, beginning at verse 23. I believe the Lord has a word. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I'll give you a little bit to get there. I know it's close to the end, so. Hallelujah. First Peter, chapter 1, beginning at verse 23. And the word of God now read. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass, the grass withered and the flower thereof fadeth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which, by the gospel, is preached unto you. I'm going to go back and read it again. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever, for all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass, the grass withered and the flower thereof fa- falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which, by the gospel is preached unto you. I'm going to read this again. Amen. Being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the wor- word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withered and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. You should be excited. Because God is saying, my word will not fail. My word will not fail. You may be seated. God want me to encourage you on today. To let you know. He said, encourage my people. Because sometimes we need to be encouraged because we could have been standing on a word for a long time. And it seems like nothing is happening with what we have been standing on. So God said, encourage my people and let them know my word will not fail. In this, Peter is talking about, he said, being born again, not of corruptible seed. A corruptible seed is a seed that decayeth. It is a seed that perishes. But he said, we're born again of incorruptible seed. That seed don't decay. That seed is imperishable, meaning that it's alive. It's going to abide. It's going to remain forever. There's no ending to the word of God. When everything else fails, I want y'all to hear this. When everything else fail, the word is going to stand. So I want to ask you today, what are you standing on? When everything else fails, y'all have to hear this. The word of God is the only thing that's going to be standing. God has given you his word. He has given you a promise. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here to tell you today that God said my word never failed. He said, you cannot look at your circumstance. He said, you have to turn your circumstance over to me and know that I'm going to stand on what I have promised you. God said, I do not change. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, but my word is going to remain. It's going to stand forever. So if God has given you a promise, I don't care what storm is coming in your life. I don't care what it appear to be. I don't care what it looked like. I don't care what you feel like. God said, my word is going to live. It's going to stand forever. He said, I'm not changing my mind. Though you waver, though you change, God said, I don't fail. He said, I change not. Though your family may hate you, though your wife and husband don't understand you, God said, my word shall stand. It's going to remain. So God said, you got to stand on what's going to endure. He said, you got to stand on what's going to abide and remain forever. Even if your finances are cutting up, God said, my word don't change. He said, it's not going to change. Though you don't look, it don't look like you have what you need to do what you need to do. He said, my word does not change. It's going to remain and it's going to stand forever. He said, encourage my people and let them know, what are you standing on? You got to stand on the word regardless of what somebody say, regardless of what it looked like, regardless of who's with you or who's in. You got to stand. He said, we're in the day and time that we have to stand because everything else is failing. They're calling back food. It's failing. Oh, I'm with y'all to know something. They're calling back medication. It's failing. But God said, my word will stand. He said, it's going to remain. He said, at the end of the day, when everything pass, he said, my word is going to stand. He said, my word is going to live. It's going to abide forever. Get over your he motions and she motions and grab a hold to what he said. God don't change. He said, I'm unchangeable. He said, even when you change, even when you're not faithful, God said, I remain faithful outside of your mess. He said, even when you were in your mess and I gave you a promise of my only begotten son. He said, I didn't pull back because you were still murdering, stealing, cheating, fornicating, committing adultery because you were doing all of these things. He said, I gave you my word. I gave you my promise and my son was my word and my word fulfilled what I said I was going to do outside of what you still doing. Come on, somebody. God's word don't fail. He said, my word does not fail. Look at your neighbor and say, God's word does not fail. fail. Come on, make it. you told me your word endureth it does not fail I want y'all to catch this I'm speaking that the eyes of your understanding is enlightened today that your hearts are open to what God is saying today God is bringing this to you because I feel like some of us in here have given up on God we're putting our trust in other things but this is not a time to give up on him Because God, just like he told Balaam, when Balaam wanted to go do something for Balak, when God already knew Balaam's heart, he knew how his heart was. But God said, I only want you to speak what I'm giving you to speak. I don't want you to go outside of what I'm saying. And Balaam began to tell Balaam. Balak said, I want you to curse God's people. And when God spoke to Balaam, he had to speak what God was saying. He said, I'm God and not man, meaning I'm God and I'm not human. Y'all got to understand that God is not like man. Man will promise you something and they make good intentions on what they say, but man fail. God said, don't put your trust in man. Man don't have an insurance like God do on his word. God laid down his life on his word. Balaam he began to say God is not man come on y'all we got to catch this because we're trusting in man more than we're trusting in God we're depending on man to bring us out and just, instead of depending on what God has already done he said God is not man that he should lie so what is that telling you man will lie to you because man is after what man want. God love you so much. He gave you his very best. And it was not dependent on what you do or how you do it. With man, it's based on what you do to get what you getting from man. But God based it upon his self. So he said, I'm God and not man that I should lie. Then he put it in there, neither the son of man. That I should repent, meaning I don't change my mind. If I told you what I told you, I meant what I told you, and I'm not, I don't care how much you whine. He said, because father knows best. He said, and whatever is written, and you know what I love about our daddy, our father, our Abba God? Whatever he told Teresa, he told me. He don't have any respectable person. He told her, gave her the same word he gave me. It's just up to each one of us to accept and receive and believe what God has given us. If she choose not to, that don't mean I stop believing. If I choose not to, that don't mean she stop believing. But we encourage each other in the word of God. So he said, God is not man. That he should lie. Neither the son of man. That he should repent. God said you got to get the first part of that first. See we're going on to the next part. But he said I'm not man. I'm not man. He said I don't change my mind. I don't repent. Meaning I don't change. I'm going to tell you the same thing. I I have always told you. So we began to tell him again. He said. Have I not said it? I want to ask you a question. Who have really heard what God said? Who's been listening to what God is saying? God is always speaking. God will speak when you go outside and look at his creation. His creation is speaking to you. God will speak sometime through the television, through the airways. God will speak to you. God speaks through his word, but he'll even send people to speak to you, to confirm what he has said. He said, have I not said it and shall he not do it? Think about it. Have I not said it? We're talking about God, not man. That's what he's saying. He said, I'm talking about me. My word is based on me, not man. So why are you questioning me? You don't question man. If man tell you to take this, if man tell you to do this, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You do it without any explanation. But when God says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, we're saying, is that you, God? Come on, somebody. Man will tell you. That ain't going to work. But God sent you in there to tell man it's already worked. But you won't tell man that you bow down and you agree with man instead of God is not man. That he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. He said, have I not said it? Shall I not do it? He said, have I not spoken it? Shall I not make it good? He said, because I'm God, I'm not man. I'm not changing my mind. Just because man is saying one thing, who are you going to believe? Me, a man. He said, it's all based on where you are with me. Y'all, I'm telling you something. We're in the day and the hour that things are changing rapidly. Rapidly. Every day, and I have experienced this, and I have been seeing this, and I have been praying against this. It has been accident on top of accident that's taking people lives, just like that in the blink of an eye. And I began to start praying against these accidents, and me and my husband and daughter was on our way to Wilmington, and it was a car that was ahead of us, and we was like the second car behind. Lady driving along good, just like that. She went to the shoulder, tried to correct herself. She came into the oncoming lane and hit the embankment. Thank God there was no cars coming. Because if there was any cars coming, whatever was falling behind, everybody would have been in a mess. And she was so shaken. through it. She couldn't even um, talk to whoever was on the phone. The gentleman had to talk to somebody on the phone. But thank God she was alive. I believe she was startled to say, how did I get Over here on the other side. So then I was talking to apostle and I was telling apostle, I said, we got to pray against these accidents. Getting her to touch and agree with me while apostle was on the phone and I began to say, in the name of Jesus, I come against every accident. A man almost hit her in the back. I'm telling y'all, it's a time now that you got to stand on the word and you got to hear God. Because God is speaking to you. When God says stay home, stay home. When God says don't go that way, don't go that way. When God says begin to pray for the lives of these people, begin to pray. You got to hear God. Because God's word don't change. You got to stand on God's word. And then... We was on the way. My son was on the way taking his daughter to her birthday um, party. And all of a sudden, he saw a truck being pulled out of the ditch. Then while he's driving, somebody just hit their brakes in front of him. And he had to weave over on the, y'all, I'm telling you something. The enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. Then daddy was telling me, a car almost hit him head on. And then he had to go to the other side. Come on, y'all, it's time to pray. You better take these things seriously. You just don't get up and just start your day without starting it with him. You don't be all over the place and being anxious because that's what the enemy wants because he don't want you to hear God. Accidents. After accidents are happening, look on the news. Uh, What was it? The father and the daughter died. The young, the mother was in the hospital. Then before that accident, it was another accident, accident after accident. God is speaking y'all and it's time for us to listen. This is why he's bringing this word. He said, my word will never fail. You got to stand on his word. If you're going to stand on anything, your surety is in the word. You can count on the word because the word is not going to change. The word is not going to fail you. And that's what the enemy want us to think, that God's word has failed. And the reason why some of us are thinking that God's word has failed, because the enemy is coming in like a flood. But the Bible says the spirit of the living God that's on the inside of you will raise up a standard against what the enemy is bringing, because the Bible said no weapon formed. He didn't say the weapon wouldn't form, but he said it won't prosper. It won't succeed. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. So we have to understand if we're going to do any standing on anything, I'm going to tell you something. I have learned this. I love my husband, but I love God more. You can call me whatever you want to call me. I love him, but I love him more. You know why? Because at the end of the day, if I love God more, I can love him the way he need to be loved. But if I put him before God, then I cannot love God the way God need to be loved because I don't know God's love. You putting man, you putting children, you putting dogs, you putting job ahead of the one and true living God that gave you breath in your body. At the end of the day, he got to be the one to breathe life into you. He got to give somebody the unction to speak Life over you, which is his word. That's why the Bible say, quicken me, Lord. According to your word, make me come alive. If you're feeling dead, I double dog dare you to pull out a scripture. This is your lifeline, Joe Clark. When you're feeling down and you're feeling a weight that's upon you. When you begin to lift your hands to heaven. And you begin to give God glory. And you begin to tell him, God, if I die, I'm going to die in you today. Because I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength on the day. God, you give me peace that I need. Even in this storm, God, I feel your peace. Because I know you're here. That's the life of God. See, God has given you his life on the inside. But that life got to come on the outside. And the enemy say, Apostle, I don't want you to have life. I want you to have some death. So in order for me to bring death, I got to twist the word. I got to make you think the word don't work. Go back to the Garden of Eden. What did God say? Don't eat from that tree. of knowledge of good and evil. One command. Just one. They had everything that they needed. But he said, that tree, don't you eat from it. He said, the tree of life and all these other trees, eat all you want. He said, but that tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, I don't want you to eat from it. Because if you eat from it, you're going to surely die. So what did the enemy do? Did God really say that you're healed? Did God really say that you're prosperous? If you were here, why are you still hurting? If you're prosperous, why are you owe everybody except your mama? Why is this going on in your life if God said what He said? Come on somebody Why are you still going through? If God is who he say he is, why you can't get along with your husband and your wife and you've been praying over that relationship? Why is it still like it is? And then you question God and you say, God, did you really say what you said? And God told you, he said, my word, it lives. It abides forever. I meant what I said and I said what I meant and I'm not changing my mind. God changes not. Even in the midst of circumstances, God said, I'm not going to change on you. Even in the midst of you messing up, he said, I'm not going to change on you. And this is why Balaam had to tell him what God has blessed. Ain't no curse going to reverse. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Don't let nobody tell you there's a witch out there on you and they putting curses on you. You need to say what God blessed. Ain't no man can curse. So I bind that in the name of Jesus. But we settle for it because we start believing it and then we end up with symptoms from it because we believe the lie instead of the truth. Yep, that's it. Ask your neighbor what you believe. Say, so what do you really believe? Say, so what do you really believe? He said, my word, it's going to stand. It's going to endure forever outside of how you feel. Outside of what it looked like and what it appeared to be. God is making you. He's preparing you through what you're going through but you got to stand on his word regardless of what goes on in your life. You got to choose to stand and know God is still God. He's the creator. He created us. We didn't create ourselves. God know what's taking place in us even when we don't. This is why sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you I want you to cut back on that. He said, cut back. He didn't say, stop eating it. He said, cut back. He didn't say, stop eating it. Because everything that God created it's good. is good. You know how I can prove that? When we had these storms, everybody was trying to get their mouth on everything they could get. <laughs> I bet you dropped all them traditions of what you wouldn't eat. Because after three days of starving yourself, you grab anything to live. Help me, somebody. <laughs> Get on the island by yourself. You ain't worrying about nobody heating it up. You ain't worrying about nobody cooking it. You just praying over and say, help me, Holy Ghost. Because you want to live. You don't want to die. But see, we live in a land of luxury. We ain't over there in Africa. We go over there in Africa. We fall out and ask them to pray for us. Because we ain't used to living that way. We wouldn't want to eat what they're eating, but we want to go over there and be missionaries. That's why God got to prepare you where you are and get that word rooted and grounded in you before he sent you in a foreign land. Because time you get in that foreign land, you're going to change. You're going to have days of depression. You're going to have days of oppression. You're going to see Big Macs that you ain't never can get over there. Because you're going to into their culture, their way of living. This is why we got to get in a place with God because we don't know what's coming. That's why God is preparing us now through the word so whatever come, we can get through it. The word is the only thing y'all that's gonna stand in the midst of our situation. And the word is the only thing that we can trust in the midst of our situation. This is why he's saying, that's how you become born again. The seed that you got born again from was the word of God and it does not decay. It lives and abided forever. Everything is going to vanish, but the word is going to remain standing. So we have to understand that everything was brought into existence by what? The word word of God. The worlds. Everything is upheld by the power of his word. If you don't speak over these things, they will die. God wants you to speak life over his creation because he is the life giver. He said, let there be and there was. And God believed in what he was saying. That's why Paul says, whatever I speak is what I believe. I only speak what I believe. So it's time for us to dig into this word and take this word for what it is. This is your lifeline. At the end of the day, when you're dying, when you feel like you can't make it, pull out a scripture concerning your situation and begin to meditate on it. And as you do, you'll feel the peace of God that passes all understanding. But one thing I learned about the word of God, I'm going to give you the scripture. The Bible says that my word go with me to Isaiah. I'm giving you familiar scriptures that everybody's familiar with, but I think we look over them and we don't understand how powerful the word of God is and what the word of God can do in our lives. Y'all, the word is just so good. And Isaiah 55, it says. For as the heavens, verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I want to explain that. Our thoughts will become his thoughts when we're in agreement with his word. When we're in agreement with God's word, we can think just like God is thinking because that's who he is. He is the word of God. He said, For as the rain cometh down in the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Y'all know the rain come down in the snow and it come down and water the earth. Why? To bring forth. Do you know even dealing with um, thunderstorms, sometimes we rebuke those thunderstorms, but God created those um, thunderstorms. I was listening to a show. it it does something to the atmosphere so something can be produced. So if you don't know how God reacts, then you will be coming against what God is doing. So you need to understand why some of these things are going on. That's why you need to hear the Holy Spirit. So we see that when the rain and the snow come down and it water the earth, it causes the earth to bring forth what? Seed to the sower and bread to the eater. If we got, y'all, no rain, We wouldn't have the vegetables. We wouldn't have the things that we need here on earth to live. This is why over there in Africa, when it becomes very dry, you know, if you partner with some of those um, people over there with dealing with food, they'll let you know, please pray with us because we don't have any rain. And if we don't have any rain, the land is very dry and we don't have the things that we need. See, y'all, we have to understand. Sometimes we say, don't let it rain, but God know when it need to rain. Yes. So we need to thank God for the rain. God, I thank you for the rain because while the rain is here, your word said it's going to bring forth seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And then he began to explain this. He said, so shall my word be. That go forth out of my mouth. He said it shall not return unto me void. God said, just like the rain and snow come down and water the earth so it can bring forth. He said, that's what my word does. When my word is spoken, he said, it's not coming to me, back to me void, but it's going to go out and it's going to accomplish. It's going to make happen what I want to make happen. And it's going to prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. So you got to know when you speak God's word, God's word is making things happen in your life according to the word. Y'all don't hear me that's being spoken we cannot take the word of God lightly when you speaking by Jesus scribes I was already healed your body may be in some pain but God's word is making happen what you're speaking over your body though your body is right with pain you're gonna say did you not hear the word of God today the word say you are healed so I want you to be healed in Jesus name I want you to rise up off of your bed of affliction because God have spoken to you. Now pain, go. Amen. That's and then you got to grab hold to the word regardless of how you feel. It ain't about your feeling. It's about what the word is making happen. But what do we go on? It's not working. So the Lord wanted me to give you an illustration. Y'all see this little pot right here? This little pot is where a seed was planted in the dirt. You see it? You see the dirt on top? And you see some little white stuff on the top of the dirt? This is where we are putting the word in a hard heart. It's hard. That heart ain't been cultivated. It's just hard. So this is why when we go to Matthew 13 and Mark, the fourth chapter, it says that when the word is sown... I'm the sower today. I'm sowing some seed to you today. He said where the word is sown. Concerning the kingdom. And there's no understanding. Of that word. It says before it gets into the heart. The enemy come in. And he snatches away that word. Why is he doing that? Because he know if it can get planted. in some good ground. It's going to be kind of hard for him to snatch it. But when it's laying on. Some hard ground. Some of y'all hearts are hard, not pliable. Why is your heart hard and not pliable? It is because you're more sensitive to what the world is saying than what the word of God has said unto you. Whatever you're most sensitive to is what you're going to be drawn to. So that's why the word is easily taken out of your life because it's laying on hard soil. And when it lay on hard soil, the enemy just can come take it by saying, Did God really say, well, maybe God didn't say that word is gone because you ain't get given that you had no understanding. You didn't grasp that word. You didn't comprehend that word. It sounded good to you though. You heard it just like everybody else, but it's just laying on the top of the ground. So it did not get into that good ground. See, what happens is our hearts need to be cultivated because in our hearts, now that we're born again, we do have the love of God. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. So you have God's love, you have his goodness, you have every attribute uh, concerning God in you. But the reason why they cannot come out of you is because it's being covered with the cares of the world. It's being covered with things that we've been thinking about, things that we've been doing, things that, you know, once we get born again, our minding renewed. So we're still going on how we used to be. Your spirit is what got born again. Your soul didn't get saved. That's why your mind, your will, and your emotions have to be renewed. Why are you going through the same patterns every day? Because your mind ain't being renewed. That ground ain't being cultivated in your heart. It's not being turned over. So you're going through the same thing. One day you're saying, I forgive you. We good. We good. Yeah, we good. Next week, you don't want to speak no more. You're still talking about the same problem that you dealt with. Now you're going back in the same pattern. Why? Because it's already in your heart and you haven't pulled it up. There's a stronghold there. That's due to your way of thinking. Some people say they're fine, but I know they're not fine. Because you couldn't get fine overnight. Because you kept that same seed for 20 years. And now you're telling me you're fine. No, the devil is a lie. The devil wants you to think you're fine. So when the next person come up to you, that door that you left open to that unforgiveness, he's adding to it. Now you mad at that person for something somebody else done. Now that person don't like you. Because you ain't digging up. It takes time. Because once something grows, you can't just snatch it out the ground. It got to be some pulling and some tugging because you got to get to the root of that thing. But once you, let's go through it. Look at your neighbor say, do you have time? To hear what God has to say? Or do you need to go about your merry way? Say that's the problem. You think you know. And you don't. That's why you got these attitudes. And you're saved. Christians can't have no attitude. Yes, but you're supposed to get over it quickly. Because you are flesh, Right? So I may have an attitude, but I'm supposed to get over it quickly when the Holy Spirit checked me. Have y'all been checked by the Holy Ghost? Yes. Say, check me, Holy Ghost. Yes. All right, you said it. Yes. You said it. I heard you called. He said, check me, Holy Ghost. Okay. And, and Matthew 13, 19, it says, when one heareth the word of the kingdom and understand it not... The wicked one come and snatch away what's sown in his heart. This is he which has received seed by the wayside. But listen at the other person. Then there's another seed that was in a stony place. They hear it and they receive it with joy. So guess what? Their heart, it looked like it's been cultivated, but it's still stones there. That need to be taken out it's still some stuff there that need to be dealt with but guess what the word did get in there a little bit don't sometime when y'all in the house of God you feel that joy you feel like you can run all over the place you just so happy you just say I got this I got this I can make it then that's what happened then it says yet have he not rooted himself but endureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, by and by, he's offended. Meaning that he stumbled. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. This is good. I'm going to tell you why it's good. Because sometimes we think that we're in the place we need to be in. But when tribulation and trouble come to your house, you're going to know exactly where you are. I don't know about you, but sometime when things be troubling you or or it, it hits you the wrong way and you're trying to focus on God or you're trying to get yourself together and somebody may ask you something and you kind of rough around the edges for answering. Yeah. Have you ever been like that? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you're trying to be nice and all, but you got heaviness on you. And what you asking me that for? Come on, we do them husbands and wives like that. What you want? what you ask me that but we get on the phone with somebody else and try to be so holy yeah God is good he's good all the time what you doing I mean he's a good good God now he's a healer you don't need to go through that then when you hang up the phone husband or wife ask you something why can't you do it I think you're a little rough around the edges see you're a hypocrite you're trying to play act with other people but in the house that's the real deal baby Your husband and your wife know you better than anybody else. Don't even come up in Miracle Temple and say, hey, pastor, I already know what's behind the scene. Because when you're walking in the spirit, you don't fool God. Y'all better recognize you cannot fool God. You cannot lie to God. See, the devil wants you to lie. Just come out and tell it. no, I'm, I'm not having a good day. Come on, make the devil lie. I'm not having a good day. I was ugly and shouldn't have been ugly, but praise God, I'm going to get it right. But we lie, try to make people think it's okay when it ain't okay. Just say, no, it ain't okay. But don't treat people that way. Treat people like you want to be treated because sometimes we all have our down days. Everybody ain't looking like bright and early every day. You ain't looking like that and you surely ain't tasting like that every day because you ain't tasting the goodness of Jesus. Have y'all ever drunk some bright and early on you? That'll take you to the moon and back, won't it? Let stuff die off you, you be like shaking. You drink too much bright and early, all that sugar. So what am I saying? Everything that's good ain't good. You know, you're trying to wash things away with, with soda pop and, and food and all of that, and then you got something else to deal with, don't you? See, the enemy know how to get you real good. You eating yourself, just eating, just eating, just I feel good when I eat. Then after you get through eating, you're miserable again. Then you go back and eat again. Then some of us can't eat nothing. Why? Because we're not relying on the word. So things change when tribulations come. And then there's a ground that's dealing with thorns. The word is growing in between those thorns. That's the cares of this world deceitfulness of riches lusting after other things you know they received the word too they were hearing it they were joyful and then when the cares of this world come in guess what the word was uprooted see what's supposed to happen is when god give you a word that word is planted in your heart but the only way the word can get into your heart it has to be on good ground to produce meaning that once you get born again that's some good ground there But that ground got to be cultivated. You have to take the word that God has given you. If God is telling you that you the healed of the Lord, then you want to plant that word in your heart and you want to guard that word the Bible said you guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life and how do I guard it I guard it by what I hear I guard it by what I see and when I'm hearing something that's coming against what the word is saying I'm going to pull it down and say that's not what God said I don't receive that you can't do it in your mind you got to speak that thing out loudly and let the devil I don't receive that that's a lie from the pit of hell that's not what God said you got to put some light in the midst of the darkness that's coming in your mind, because the light is what it spells to darkness, you cannot sit there and not say nothing because guess what's going to happen? It builds. How do you know it's building? Because you can't sleep. you lay down with it, you wake up with it, and you're being tormented with it. You can't get a full night's sleep when you wake up, you wake up mad. You wake up like, where am I? Come on, somebody. I know I'm not the only one. Because let me tell you something. When you're on the right track with God, the heat is going to get turned up. The enemy is going to make it look like it's not working because you planting the seed. God said, don't you dig up your seed. Amen. He said, because my word is not going to fail. He said, don't you dig it up based on how you feel. He said, because the enemy is trying to come and take the word. And you got to know if I told you something, I'm not going to change my mind. I meant what I said. He said, so don't dig it up. If I told you that you are debt free, if I told you that I'm supplying all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, if I told you I'm your shepherd and you shall not lack, if I told you you have abundance and no lack, then that's what I want you to stand on. So when the enemy is coming to take that seed, you say, no, you can't have it. Because I know my father's voice. He's the good shepherd. And a stranger's voice, I shall not follow. But the enemy is coming in and making it look good. Like it's God. He's twisting the word. And if you're not familiar with the word, you will dig up. your seed through worry and through torment. You're digging it up and you're trying to plant it. But when it takes root in you, that's when peace surrounds that seed. Even in the midst of the storm, you don't move. You're saying, God, this don't look good, but I can't move because I know what you said. See, you got to stand on what he's saying and not on what you feel. God is bringing this for a reason to say, my word don't fail, y'all. He said, I'm not going to change my mind just because you having a storm in your life. Jesus had a storm when he said, let us go to the other side. But Jesus got on the boat and he went to sleep because he knew he was getting to the other side because God gave him a word. But those disciples, when they saw how the wind was and how the water was coming in the boat, they began to be afraid. Who wouldn't? And they began to wake him. Master, master, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus began, he just woke up and he rebuked the winds. Peace be still. Because he had authority over that. He said, no matter what's going on around me, God has given me the power. He's given me the authority to speak those things that be not as though they were. We're supposed to rise up and say, no. That's not what his words say. Peace be still in the name of Jesus. And God will remind you of who he is in your time of trouble. He will give you a song that will pop up And you'll begin to sing that song during that storm that was raging and everything was all tore up. And I began to sit there and I began to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it It's people that need help? God, we don't have a place to fellowship, but God, I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to give you honor. I'm going to give you praise and God will let me sit there and just type out what he's saying to send to you guys. Even in the midst of what me and my husband was going on, we still was giving God glory. And the song that he made away, that Kim and Jamie, that was the first song he had me to send out to you guys. Why did he have me to do these songs? Why did he have me to do this? Because he was giving you his word. He was letting you know, even though it looked bad over here, he said, I'm still in the midst of it. And I want you to speak my word. I want you to encourage my people, no matter how bad you feel, no matter what it looked like. He said, I still want you to speak my word, though. It looked like you're not going to have what you need. Still speak my word because he said, I'm not going to leave you without. He said, because I am your father. And as I begin to do what God told me to do, see, this is a problem. We sit there in it and have a pity party. But when we begin to hear the spirit of God and we begin to take his first set of instructions that he's given us and we begin to act on them, God said, now I can trust you, baby. Amen. He said, you didn't go on how you felt. You weren't moved on your feelings. You moved by me. He said, now this is what I want you to do. I want you to text Jesse DePlantis Ministry. And I'm like, uh, who? I don't know that man like that. He said, I want you to text him, email him, and this is what I want you to say. So God told me what to say. And when God told me what to say to him, he said, send it to him. So I sent it, and I left it alone. And I remember my husband, I was at Kim's getting my hair done, and he called me. He said, this lady from Jesse the Planet's ministry have called you because the Lord told me that morning, know the devil first. Say, "Uh uh-huh, they ain't email you. They ain't saying nothing to you. They ain't giving you nothing. I said, the devil is a lie. And then the Lord come right behind him, and Jesse, the plan his ministry, just popped up, just had an unction. My husband said, they called your phone. She wants you to call her back. So when I called her back, she said, right, we got your email, and Jesse don't normally do this, but Jesse and his wife told me to send you $5,000. I said, well, praise Jesus. And she said, and we're going to send you that $5,000 overnight. Give me your address. That was Thursday. I woke up Friday morning to go envelope on my doorstep Glory for $5,000. What am I telling you? God's word don't fail. Even in the midst of the situation, God knew my heart was for the people. It wasn't for me. It was for the people. I said, God, everybody is going through. How can we help? What can we do? God, what do we have to offer? And God will show you his hand yes, he will. in the midst of the storm. He said, if you would just stand on my word. Because God won't let his word fail. Even though everything is tore up, he said, I still want you to speak my word. God gave us places to have the word spoken to encourage people because that's what they need to hang on to. When everything else has failed, you need the word of God. You got to hang on to the word. So God used his word. But guess what? I had to take the word and do what the word was saying in order for the manifestation to come from the word outside of how I felt. So when God is speaking to you, take heed to what he's saying because God is giving you what you need. He's giving you life. Do y'all know about that life? There's life in the word. So we don't dig up our seed. That seed that's under that ground, you do not even know how it's going to grow. Have y'all thought about that? A little seed and people that plant their gardens like Brother Hayes back there. I was talking to him about the garden and how to do it. I say, Brother Hayes, I want to plant some stuff, but I know you're good at this. So do I need one of those tillers? Because I don't have one. Can I just take a hole in a shovel and just turn that dirt up and do it? He said, yeah, you got to cultivate it. It can't be hard. You got to cultivate it. So guess what? I have to do something. I can't just take the seed and say, here, now you grow. No, it got to be done the right way, y'all. We got to do it the right way. We got to take care of it. So when you look at that garden you see stuff while the seed is growing, that's growing in your garden, that's growing in your heart, the enemy going to send stuff to make you pull up that seed. He's going to put weeds there. When you look there and you say, wait a minute, that ain't what I planted. You come up out of there. You don't belong there. You got to do some work, y'all. You got to pull up that unforgiveness that's trying to take your seed. You got to pull up that strife that's trying to take your seed. You got to pull up that sickness. You got to pull up all of those things that's trying to take the seed, which is the word. And when you leave it planted, you don't know how if it's growing or not. You just know that it's the word and it don't fail. And eventually, this is what you're going to get. It is finished. You endured the test. Now look what you have. You couldn't see it before. It would just looked like a pile of dirt. Looked like it wasn't doing anything. But gradually, you will see something come through that dirt. You will see some life. And you continue to speak over that sea. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing. But don't think stuff is not going to come to block it. To make you think it's not working. That's what the enemy wants. He don't want us to think that the seed is growing in our lives. Because we feel still depressed. We feel oppressed. We feel like the joy have left us. But the only thing we have to begin to do is begin to praise him. Say God in the midst of this. I'm going to praise you. Because I know you're the one and true living God. God I'm going to praise you just like David did. David prays you out of his clothes. God, I'm going to give you glory no matter how crazy people think I am. I'm still going to give you glory. Why? Because you're making me in the midst of this storm. you you the potter. I'm the clay. You're making me stronger in you even in the midst of this storm. See, the devil think that he has victory. No, the victory has already been won. It's been won through Jesus Christ. So I don't have to try to make nothing work. I grab hold to what he's already done. I grab hold to his word. The next thing is, why are we letting go of the word? Why are we not trusting the word? Go with me to First Chronicles 21. First Chronicles 21. And I want y'all to hear this. And it says here, And Satan stood up against Israel, and provoked David to number Israel. Now it says Satan. We know that Satan is the adversary. He's our opponent, right? So everything that God give us, what is Satan going to do? He's going to oppose it. He's going to come against it. Why? Because he know there's life in what? There's life in the word of God. So it said, and Satan stood up against Israel. It says Satan was against. He was an adversary. He opposed Israel and caused David to take account of the armies. Now, why would Satan do that? I'm going to tell you why he did it. Because David always trusted in God, not Numbers. David always trusted in God and not Numbers. He didn't look at how many he had in the army. He didn't look at that. His full trust was in God. So Satan is saying, I'm going to stir David up. To get David to number Israel, because Satan knew that God did not want David to do that. He said, but I'm going to stir him up so he can number Israel. That don't seem like it's important, but it is important. Because David always trusts God. He didn't trust in his armies. He trusted God. If God told David to pursue, he didn't count his men before he pursued. He just took the word of God and he depended on the word and not on what he had. Y'all don't get it? When God tell you to do something, you don't depend on who's going with you. You don't depend on what your bank account looked like. You don't even depend on what your husband or wife is going to say because whatever he tells you to do, he's going to take care of the home. He's going to take care of everything that need to be taken care of because he's God. So David told Joab, is it joab he told him to go count all the armies but guess what he did satan provoked david to number israel why because he was against god's people satan is against you he is your adversary he is your opponent he is the lord of flies he is the deceiver he is the, the accuser of the brethren so what he gonna do he wants you to oppose god because god is his enemy And you are the people of God. You're the one that God has turned the earth over to. So who's Satan going to go to? You. Because God has given you the authority. He's given you the dominion, the right to rule and reign. So when God tells you to do something, he's going to keep provoking you and say, did God really tell you to do that? Did God really tell you to do that? Did God really tell you to do that? That ain't going to work. You better not do that. So what did David do? The same David. That went after Goliath. The same David who danced out of his clothes. The same David now that slept with Bathsheba. Come on. The same David that repented after he slept with Bathsheba. Satan came and provoked him. Come on. You're going to get provoked in your life. When God tell you not to, the enemy going to keep tormenting you. He's going to keep making you think you need to do this. You out of the will of God. If you don't do this, this is going to happen. He stirred David up. David was the king. David was the one that gave the order. So Joab, he did what David said. But he said, why are you doing this? He even knew that it was wrong. But he did it because David told him to do it. And when he did it, God was angry. See, this is how the door is open. When it come to God telling you don't, it may look good, but if God say you don't, right? So David did it because the enemy kept provoking him. I'm going to give you an, an example. I'll use me and my husband for an example. Both of us love Jesus. Both of us supposed to be on one accord. And let's say my husband was telling me what God was saying. And I'm telling him, okay, I'm agreeing with you with what God is saying. We'll, we'll stand on that. And all of a sudden, the enemy keep coming to me. I wouldn't do that. That, that don't sound right. I, I wouldn't participate in that. So he keep provoking me, provoking me, provoking me. But my husband is telling me, don't touch this money right here. Because this is what the Lord is telling me. Don't touch it. Now, he's telling me not to touch it. Don't look like. Anything is going on where I can't touch it. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? The money is there. All the bills are paid. But he's saying, don't touch that money. The Lord is saying, don't touch that money. We need to be on one accord. And I'm saying, well, okay, baby, you're right. We don't need to touch it. ain't like I need another Michael cord, It ain't like I need another Brahmin. ain't like I need another Louis Vuitton. Don't have that one. But evidently don't need it. Anyway, so it ain't like, you know, I got everything. So, right, we don't need to touch it. But. The enemy keep provoking me. How's he provoking me? We have girls night out. All the girls of the church, and we said, we're just going to go hang out. We're going to catch a movie, Apostle, and Apostle say, come on, Apostle, let's hit Belt. They say Belt having a 70% sale. She didn't tell me where the sale was. She just said it was having a 70% sale. So we're going in Belts, and all of a sudden I get in there, and I can smell Brahman. 70% off. What? Wow, 70% off. Oh, you can get that one. Money right there in the bank. All your bills is paid and and I'm talking. You know you don't hardly spend no money on yourself. You help everybody else. Help yourself today. The Lord love you real good. Help yourself today. (laughs) Help yourself. Your husband ain't going to get mad. Your husband love you too. He know how you always giving to people. Go and help yourself today. Go and buy that bag. So I look at Apostle, Apostle, ain't that bag right that pretty? Yeah, Apostle, that bag pretty. That bag pretty. Yeah, that bag is pretty. Um, but Apostle the Lord is um telling me you might need to wait on that bag. What'd you say? <laughs> Did you sure you heard what he said? Well, let me let me let me just pray a little bit on that thing. And we'll come back around here. Devil provoked me all through the mall. Provoke me, provoke me, provoke me. So all of a sudden I walk over here give me that bag. I deserve that bag. I deserve one sometime or another. If I don't get it, somebody else going to get it. Verizon going to get it. Somebody going to get it, Julia. So I'm going to get it. So I get the bag and I get it. And I come home with the bag. My husband say, where you get that bag from? Well, honey, I went with apostles. See, I got to blame it on somebody. I went with apostle and apostle told me that was having a, sep- she done, done threw her under the bus. <laughs> told me that was having a 70% say. I ain't know nothing about no 70% say. But, but look at this, babe, look at this. You know, I can put all this right here and I can use it for this, I can use it for that. And he just standing there looking at me. And he say, well, what did I tell you? Oh, now I'm mad. You ain't my daddy. <laughs> See, I done opened the door. Y'all hear what I say? I done opened the door now. You ain't my dad. I believe my dad is over there in Walkertown. You don't come at me like that. I got that. What's yours is mine and what's mine is yours. Now you better slow your roll. I ain't saying nothing. When you got all that equipment for that you know what I'm talking about. then weed eaters and all this other stuff you getting and you're telling me I can't even get a pocketbook and every time I turn around you're getting a head on a weed eater and you're getting some ties on that tractor out there. You're getting all this stuff and you're trying to tell me I can't even get, add up this pocketbook compared to that $10,000 Kubota you done got out there. I ain't got enough. Y'all know what's happening in my life? What was in me that I ain't dealt with I done slapped him with it because I was holding it against him because I'm justifying what he told me not to do. So you know what he do? Y'all, this ain't happen. This ain't happen, TV land. (laughs) This is an example. So this is what he do. He humble himself. He don't say nothing else. Two weeks later something pop up that need to be repaired and I look at him what you gonna do what you gonna do about that you know what he gonna tell me the Lord already did it but for some reason the enemy you calling me the devil (laughs) y'all I'm helping you I'm helping you because we still try to justify what we do. Now, what I should do is repent and say, I didn't come against you. I come against the word the Lord sent to you to give me. So I repent of what I done. But guess what? Not only is he going through the whole house is going through, but we got to go through. But God still love us. But we're going through because of disobedience. It ain't that God put it on us. We put it on us by not listening to what God said. The word is going to stand. Is God going to change his mind? No, God is still going to be our present help in the time of trouble. But it ain't going to be when we want it to be. Because God said, you still got some ground there that need to be cultivated. You still got some stubbornness and some rebellion that need to be dealt with. So we got to deal with that. So when something else pop up in your life, you're going to learn from that. Isn't God good? So God said, tell them, my word don't fail. My word does not change. My word is going to remain the same outside of how you feel. Outside of how good it look. Because everything that looked good, y'all ain't good. It's not good. It sounds good. And, and the Bible says heaviness, anxiety in the heart, it makes it stoop. A good word makes it glad. So when you have heaviness in your heart, the enemy will come in and make something sound good to make you feel good. You better check it. Because when God bring you life with that heavenness, you're going to know it's God. Because God bring peace with that thing. And the peace of God got to rule in you like an umpire. It got to rule. It got to be over your situation. So don't just do stuff because you feel good about it. Stop and check it and wait. And trust God and say, God, what did you say? What do you have to say on this? Because God's word don't change y'all. And the more you dwell on that thing, the heavier you get. The more depressed you get, the more worried. Y'all, that's not God. God don't put worry on you. He don't put depression on you. He don't put oppression. The reason why those things come is because we're thinking that thing over and over again. When you have a thought, you get a picture behind that thought. And you start seeing stuff, false evidence that's appearing real that's not God. So what you got to do, you got to knock that down and say, no, that's not what God said. That's not what God was showing me because the enemy opened up doors in your mind and you walking through those doors and thinking these things are going to happen and it's not going to happen and you hear the Holy Spirit saying, that's not me. That's not me. He got you thinking something that he wants you to think. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. That's not my outcome. He said, I'm a loving God. I'm a God of life, not death. So God said, you got to let go of these things and if you were raised in a family, Well, all you heard was commotion after commotion after commotion. If you don't deal with those things just because you save, it does not mean those things are gone. Your spirit is what become new. Now you got to take the word and dig up that stuff that you got familiar with and you were used to because you in bondage to it. So now you start digging it up because it keep coming back into your life and it's hurting other people. Your past is hurting people. So you got to dig it up with the word of God. How do you know that it's dug up? Because when it come back and hit you in the face, it don't bother you no more. You can walk away from it. But if you still there facing that giant and dealing with that giant and still trying to fight that giant, it's because you don't believe that the victory was already won in that area. The victory is already won. He done done everything, y'all. He done killed every giant. But those giants are raising up in our lives because it's still some ground there. It's still some old habits there. That we have to deal with. Jesus already dealt with them. But the enemy left behind some stuff. Some holes, That keep us in bondage due to our way of thinking. So we got to pull those up. Have y'all noticed when you're raised... People can scare you all the time or they can speak stuff to you and say, look out for this. Look out for that. You know, this one had this and this one had that. It's hereditary in your family. So you need to get that check. You need to look out for it. Now, watch for it. Watch for it. So that's in your mind. So you're watching for it. You're looking for it. You're asking questions about it. You're going in the computer and researching it. And all of a sudden, you're accepting it. Would God tell you that? But God tell you that who you think is speaking to you and what is the enemy bringing to you? Fear and death because that's who he is. He wants you to think opposite to what the word of God says. God gives you life and he gives it to you more abundantly. That's why you got to cut off your television because they have all kind of stuff up there. You know how they tell you to get this implant, get that implant. Then you look them implants done infected you. Done, done, this, done, done. Come on, this the truth. They tell you this is good for you and it look good then. Then later on, they telling you lawsuit. Don't eat this chicken. Tyson chicken not infected. You can't eat that. They're pulling all that off the shelf. We thought it was good. Telling people to buy it. Get it. It's on sale. When the Holy Ghost give you a stop sign, leave it there. Come on, y'all, you better pray for the chicken. Didn't I tell y'all that? I said, if they get the chicken, we in trouble. (laughs) Because everybody eats chicken. So this is what I'm saying. You have to go into the word and hear what the word is saying. Because the enemy now is bringing turmoil. He's tormenting people's mind to the point that people are so weak. That every door is open for the enemy to come in and attack. Y'all, this is truth. He get one door open. He said, come on in, boys. And he weigh you down. If you've never been concerned about finances and you leave a door open, now you're concerned. That's true. Because that door is open. So he's piling everything. Then you start thinking, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? You ain't been worried about it. You've been going on in faith. Now you're worried about how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that. Why are you worried? God is always taking care of you. This is how the Holy Spirit remind you. Have you missed anything? Have you lost anything? So why are you concerned? He said, cast all your cares upon me because I care about you. Be anxious for nothing but through prayer and supper. Women, Be anxious for nothing but through everything, everything that you're going through. He said, I want you to roll it over to me. I want you to give it to me because I'm your answer. He said, when you give it to me and you thanking me that I'm your answer because you have given it to me. He said, then the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's not the end of it. He said, after you've done all that, he said, think on these things. Think on things that are true, Shirley. That are lovely, that are honest, that are pure, that of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And what are these things? My word. He said, everything my word said is true, think on it. Everything my word says is lovely and honest and pure, think on it. And he said, that's when that peace comes in and it guards. So God said, my word will never Ever fail have I not said it shall I not do it have I not spoken it shall I not make it good we have to have a change of mind that's what repent means. God said today are you ready to change your mind are you ready to change your way of thinking through what you heard because evidently what you doing if it's bringing weight in your life you thinking outside of the word if it's putting you in a place where you don't feel free, where you feel burdened, God don't do that, y'all. God said, I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. He said, fear thou not because I am with thee. Be not dismayed because I am God. He said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. So if we know that God is saying all that, what are we holding on to, y'all? Why are we holding on to it? because God said I'll never ever leave you nor shall I forsake you I'll be with you even until the end so whatever you're holding on to today whatever is weighing heavy on your heart today loose it cast all your cares on him and this is what I'm going open up with Athea you have cast all your cares we want to do this today in faith some of you may be caring a lot and it may be hard for you to cast the cares onto the Lord. But my thing is, even with me, why would I not want to give it to him? Because he knows best with what I'm giving to him. And he's going to give me my answer, Apostle. And he's going to tell me what to do with what I gave him. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And Dwayne, don't lean to your own understanding." But he said, acknowledge him in all your ways. And he said, he shall direct your path. But he said, I got to have all your heart. He said, not just part of it. He said, you can't be double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That means he got two minds. He's trying to do this and he's still trying to trust God. God said, you got to trust me or don't. Meaning that you got to depend on me or not. Either you're gonna do it, or you're not gonna do it. You can't be wishwashing. If you're saying yes, Lord, yes, mean I'm not moving off of my yes. Things may come apostle to try to make me move, but my God is a yes God. God, this is what you said. I can only go on what you said, even though it looks so up and the storm is blowing and is raging. That's not what you said. I have to remind myself, this is what you say. So I'm going to go on what you're saying because what I'm going through is going to help somebody else. Abraham was a yes man. But Abraham messed up. He got off track with God, did he not? He left the country that he was in. And the Bible says if Abraham was mindful of where he left, he wouldn't have left. You know what mindful mean? It means I'm still over here. And I'm still thinking about Egypt. So my mind is on Egypt. And I wish I never left. God has brought us out of Egypt. But we're still worldly minded. And we're saying that the world has given us more than God can give us. The world cannot give you what God has already given you life. And he's given you that life more abundantly. God is a man, a God of life and not death. So today, y'all. I'm going to tell you something. The waters up here have been troubled. They have been troubled for you. God's word don't come back void. Everything that I spoke and God know there's some heavy hearts up in here. He know that there's some anxiety up in here. He know there's some fear up in here. He know there's some things in your life that you're holding on to, that you're not willing to let go of. But God said, if you just give it to me today, if you just come and say, God, I can't do this. That's all he wants. He wants to surrender. To say, God, I cannot do this no more. So, God, I'm giving you this because you are my burden bearer. You're my present help in the time of trouble. So, I'm going to cast all my cares. That means you're rolling them over to him. And the only thing you got to do is come today. We got to do something. Because I believe everybody in this place got something that's weighing them down that have concerns that's in their hearts and seem like it's just not moving. Seem like you feel a little bit of joy, but it's just not moving. It's just not working the way it need to work. Amen. God is here today. He's here today. He said, give me everything. I mean, everything that you are concerned about, because as long as you're in this world, you're going to have some opposition. You're going to have some trials. You're going to have some tribulations. You're going to have some things coming against you, but you got to know what to do with those things. Don't dwell on those things because they will literally kill you. They will take you out. Do y'all know fear paralyze you? It takes you out. It will literally kill you. That's why he said, give it to me. He said, I can take care of it. He said, cast all this on me. He's giving you the power and the authority, but sometimes it gets so heavy. That you're saying, God, here. I'm trusting you. Amen, Athea. The altar is open for whoever want to come. God said, Come. From all the Everything you care.